It's time for Sports Wrap on 760 WJR. All right, this is the wrap on 760 WJR. To a car phone we go. Dave, thanks for hanging on. You're on 760. Gentlemen, and Stephen Dan, you got the chemistry. It's cooking. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Are you calling us from your office? I'm doing Sports Center tonight. With, Are you uh, really? Dan Patrick. Well, I'm very impressed. By the way, give Dan our best. He's a good man. And, I will. Uh, hey, uh, hey, Dan. Chuck Swirsky says hi. This is the best sports rap has ever been, in my opinion. Now, here's your host, Chris Renwick. Uh, you know, it's just, it's like, uh, it's it's Groundhog's Day. Over and over and over and over and over again. It's Groundhog's Day. It's it's the same day. It's It's just the same thing week in and week out. Lions lose once again today. 13 to 10. In in, a, in an oppor- in a in a game in which the opportunities were there again. A game in which you're starting Tim Boyle. First time ever starting an NFL football game. He's got the backup experience, never started a football game at the NFL level. 15 for 23 uh, for 77 yards, two picks. Yikes. That's not the stat line you want. And 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 this is kind of what I was talking to the folks on, on StreamYard. We're broadcasting live on our Facebook and our YouTube page as well. You can check it out there. Uh, head on over and, and, and interact with us. They would like to have fun some during the breaks too. But, you know, the problem is, is we looked at this last, we looked at this team, even last year, year before. You looked at Patricia. You looked at Quinn. They were a, they were attached at the hip. They were a package deal. And they were boys. They were, they were besties. They were friends. And so certainly if Patricia's telling Quinn, I want X player, I want Z player, I want Y player. Because I think they'll fit the scheme. Well, Quinn's going to go out and get the guy that his coach wants. While doing the due diligence himself. And, and you know, I, I had the, the, the question of which is it here? Like, like, is this, are we in a situation where the players are just, they're not good enough? Like, this isn't a good enough roster. It's possible. Is it the fact that the the, the scheme isn't right? Is it the fact that the game plan isn't right? Is it possible that down three with two minutes to go, two and a half minutes to go, you're looking at a third and what was it, Mike? Third and 13, third and 14, third and 12, something like that? It was double digits, yes. And and you elect to run the football between the tackles and then punt the football away. Right. That's not biting kneecaps if you if you get kicked. That's <laughs> I don't know what that is. That's uh that's, that's it's handi- like cowering. That that's it's, it's it's handing it to the one guy who's you know, had any success on offense and, and and hoping he breaks off another run. Right. That's what it was. It, it, it was it just 
it just felt like like that was you know look uh i'm sure dan campbell will will forget more you know football stuff than i'll ever know but like i'm pretty sure that's not the way to go when you're 0 and 8 and 1 let me ask you chris yeah you, you know obviously the defense played well um, I felt like they were play. They played well enough to win. I mean, they they shut them out for three quarters. They 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 only let up thirteen points. That's them playing well enough to win. With that being said, was there ever a point in that game where you were thinking, "Ooh, we may have a chance here," or were you just kind of waiting for the clock to run out and thinking, "Okay, you know, our defense is playing well, uh, but but our offense." To call our offense anemic would be an upgrade. Uh, an anemic offense probably would have won fourteen to thirteen. Right. Um, right. See, here's how I look at this: is I don't think that you've got a good enough unit on either offense, defense, or you know, special teams that you can lean on one of them. Like, I mean, obviously, certainly not offense, but but even defense, like they've got games where they're they're okay, like they're competitive. Like today, they were just like, okay. I just thought like, I don't know how many times I saw Tracy Walker try to arm tackle Nick Chubb and get just get tossed aside like a rag doll. Like I saw that over and over today. Like I, it was, it just felt like despite the fact that there were missed assignments, blown assignments, Amani Orarie, I thought, you know, he, you know, he had the pick his fourth of the year, but I just feel like he didn't even play very well today. Like I just, to me, I just felt like, yes, they kept you in the game. I don't think Cleveland's very good to be, to be quite frank. Like I, like I get it. They're six and five. Ah, they just don't feel like a great football team to me. And, and you're right. You give up 13 points in the NFL. You've got a really nice, you got a good chance to win. Not when you're trotting out the likes of Khalif Raymond, uh, you know, Brock Wright, Amon Ross St. Brown. It's just not, it's not the cast to do it. And and I'm not, that's not even an opinion. Like, that's just fact at this point. It's a practice squad team running a Pop Warner game plan. That's what it is. You know what's well, a good, that's a good way to put it. It just feels like it. it and, and this is kind of what I want to know. 800-859-0957. 800-859-0-WJR. You can call or text that number, or you can head on over to our Facebook or YouTube page and and, and contribute with your opinion there. But is this is this a talent issue, or is this a scheme issue? Is this a, a, a personnel issue on the field, or is this a personnel issue on the sidelines and in the front office? Because, you know, again... You look at the last regime, they were tied at the hip. I don't think it should be any different here. I got to tell you, Chris, last last week when Jared Goff was physically unable to throw the football and they didn't take him out of the game, that's when I lost faith in Dan Campbell's decision-making. And if it was, you know, and I heard I heard the argument, oh, well, um, you know, the David Blau was an even worse option because even fully healthy, he's worse than an injured Jared Goff. Well, 
then I uh, then I lose faith in Brad Holmes' uh, ability to field uh, a basic roster with a quarterback that can throw it three yards forward if our uh, if our Correct. starting quarterback is out. So you know, like last week, I said to my, "This isn't Jared Goff's fault." I, I mean, the guy could not; he physically could not perform the basic tenets of his job, and the coach didn't take him out. And I'm thinking yeah. to myself, like, literally. Anybody watching this game except for the guy who could do something about it saw that this guy should not be playing, and he was he was kept in the whole game. Right, right. I don't know, man. It just feels like something is wrong here. And look, if you've listened to this program throughout the entire NFL season, if you've, if you've listened to this program, I have been really, like, I have been as about as understanding as a Lions fan as you could find truthfully like like i i understand i see what the long-term game plan is here like i get it but my goodness like i i understand you're in a rebuild this is a full-blown out and out rebuild and they i I think they've used those terms this isn't uh let's adjust on the fly try to figure this thing out that you got to tear this thing down to the studs. And unfortunately, you know, even in a rebuild, even in, in a time when you know you're not going to be any good, you're not going to win a division, uh, you're probably not going to have winning a record against other teams in your division, and you're certainly not going to have any loftier expectations in the framework of a rebuild. I mean, show a little bit of life. Here's show a little bit of something. Here's where I'm losing patience with the rebuild, Chris. It seemed like everyone seemed okay with 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 losing possibly every single game until you start getting to a point where you're wondering what kind of decisions your coaches are making and what kind of effort they're they're giving. I mean, you know, I made the I I made the uh uh reference to to the biting kneecaps press conference earlier in the year and it seemed like this team threw everything they had at the rams a couple weeks ago and since then they've just kind of packed it up you know i where i lose patience is running the ball on third and long and then punting within within three four minutes left on the clock when you have a chance to win where i lose patience is where you run the ball for an entire half because your quarterback is physically unable to 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 throw the ball down the field and you won't put the 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 backup in. If you're, you know, if you're going for it, if you're making the right calls and your players just don't execute, that's one thing. But if if it seems like you're literally um you're you're literally not trying to win the game or literally playing to just not fumble the ball or turn it over. That's yeah. where I lose patience with the rebuild. Yeah. No, I, it's a very valid point. But look, we've seen what this team can do against somebody like the 49ers. You saw the comeback. Too, too little, too late, understood. But you saw it against the Ravens, right? Like, y- you saw it against the Vikings. Like, the, 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 this team had the ability to play better. And I understand that they have been decimated with injuries. I get it. Like, Okuda, out. Uh, Taylor Decker has been gone for most of the season. Still is not really healthy. 
like your cornerstone pieces, uh, even along the defensive line, banged up. Like, I get it. You're injured. This is not the team that you had envisioned. But still, this is the NFL. And it just feels like this team is just coming up empty. I'll tell you what. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back on the other side. We we'll, we could do a little more Lion stuff. I mean, I you know, I, I, I've got some comments here. We'll, we'll get to those. Again, 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR if you want to get in the mix. Uh, also, Michigan, Michigan State. Uh, obviously, lots of thoughts on those two teams and those two games yesterday. We'll talk about it on the other side. Chris Renwick here on Sports Rep on WJR. Don't go anywhere. Now back to more Sports Rap. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. All right, welcome back. 800-859-0957. 800-859-0WJR. You can text that number. You can call that number. Uh, and then, obviously, uh, we're live on, on YouTube and on uh, Facebook. So you can get involved there. Uh, I'll tell you what, let's start with Michigan State, Ohio State. Yesterday, noon kick, shoe, uh, it, look, there's no way to slice it. That was just, that was rough. It was, it was bad. That was really, really bad. And look, as a Michigan fan, somebody who has been on the other side of that OSU drubbing, it it don't feel good. (laughs) I can promise you that it doesn't feel good. It's, uh, you know, it's happened to us uh, the last two times we played this team and it, and it stings. And, and it, again, you just kind of, you, you, and I think a little bit in all of this is like any team at the end of a season, whether it's the end of a regular season, end of a bowl game, whatever it is, coaches will autopsy this thing. They'll, they'll, they'll go back, take a deep dive, and and kind of look at the season in a nutshell. And I, I think it's fair to say, in Michigan State's case, this was a vastly improved team. The over-under in Vegas for this team going into the season was four and a half. The, the the expectations were just blown off their hinges, all right? Mel Tucker came in and certainly, certainly, uh, completely, I mean, did a 180 with this program. And you got to give him credit for that. But I think that when you start looking at a, a, a when you start looking at a, a, a contract extension, nearing a hundred million dollars for a coach in essentially two seasons of work. First season, don't really blame them. You win two games in a COVID year. I get it. That's, I don't really hold that against anybody, but in a, in a in a situation where this season this schedule this amount of work 
is what's going to prompt Mel Tucker to, to receive this extension. Now, look, I want to clarify by saying money doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It, it's just, and you're going to say, well, Chris, $95 million, that's buku. It's just, it's just money. You're talking about donors reaching into their pockets. Obviously, the university wants this guy here. I think he is a wonderful coach. Uh, I, I think it's still out a little bit in terms of what kind of recruiter he is. I mean, I think it's fair to ask or even wonder, uh, you know, th- this whole thing with Kenneth Walker. Look, sometimes you strike gold, but you maybe have been digging for, you know, days until you find the golden nugget. But eventually you're going to you're going to hit gold and, and and he struck Pedro with Kenneth Walker. But Kenneth Walker was transferring out of Wake Forest because he saw that there were some pretty good running backs at Wake Forest. We've seen that this year. Even after they got bombarded by Clemson this weekend. And even when Kenneth Walker was in the transfer portal, he was nearing a hundredth ranked, the hundredth ranked player in the portal. Again, not saying uh, this is purely luck. I think you got to give Mel Tucker credit, looking at tape, saying I think this kid's got something. You bring him in, and in a, a majority, you look at these guys that have come in. And they have been impact players for this team that that Mel Tucker brought in through the transfer portal. Got to give him credit. Well, and Chris, uh, that that kind of leads me to this question I've had in my mind. Um, you're right; his his recruiting prowess is yet to be seen. But I, I think that he's demonstrated at least this season that he's pretty damn good in the transfer portal. And I wonder if one day. Um, you know, being able to evaluate talent in the transfer portal and bring them over to your school will be uh, more important than recruiting. Well, it's very, it's it's possible. This was a weird year because of COVID, right? Like everybody got a, a, a free year and you were able to do some things that you weren't able to do or, or won't be able to do on the norm. Uh, I, I will just say that generally transfer players don't necessarily pan out all the time. I mean, some will, some will. But I think that if you expect to go in and find a Kenny Walker every year, to find a Jaden Reed, to find a Speedy Naylor, that's just, you know, even Chester Kimbrough. Like, those guys are, are, are impact players for this team. I don't think you can expect that, I guess is my point. I don't think you can expect that. I think these guys are, for whatever reason, and, and look, do you do you put it on coaching? Do you say coaching is a, a huge factor in why these guys are successful? I think absolutely you do. Absolutely you do. But with the transfer portal, you just don't know. You just don't know. So when you look at it and say, oh, $95 million, it, the money doesn't matter. The money is irrelevant. And I saw people on Twitter uh, yucking it up. Oh, yeah, good thing uh, Mel Tucker signed that extension before the game down at Columbus. Okay, okay, okay. All I'm saying is when you look to make a coach the second highest paid coach in college football, understand what's happening. You think that this is the guy, even if you hope that this is your guy, 
then you got to lock them up. You just have to. And, and in a year when the expectations were so low, they were so they were under five games. I remember people thinking, oh, geez, if we got to the bowl, that would be a win for Michigan State. If we got to a bowl game, we, it, you know, that would be a win for Michigan State. Well, that was far, far surpassed. And, Chris, I wonder how this deal is going to look at 10 years if uh, Mel Tucker makes it to the end of the deal. I, and I hope he does. Um, I want In 10 years, $9.5 million a year for a football coach. Is that still going to be in the upper echelon? Or is it going to become middle of the pack when your Dabo Sweeney's and your Lincoln Riley's say, hey, you know, I, I've, I've, I have a longer uh, track record of success than this guy. I'm going to walk into my athletic director's office and be like, I want an extension like this. Oh, absolutely. Hey, look, here are the top 10 highest paid coaches in college football. Nick Saban at Alabama, 9.7. You got Ed Orgeron at $9 million. So he's out at the end of the year. You're going to slip Mel Tucker into that number two spot. You got Dabo Sweeney at 9.5. Then it starts to drop off into the eights. David Shaw at Stanford, 8.9. Lincoln Riley, 7.6. Dan Mullen in that whole dumpster fire down in Gainesville, uh, $7.5 million in at Florida. Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M, 7.5. Kirby Smart at Georgia, who's got that thing humming, 7.1. James, I don't know how to manage a game, Franklin, at 7 million. And they got Ryan Day sitting at 6.6 million. If you're Ryan Day's agent, aren't you going, uh, hey, Gene Smith, uh, did you see the extension that Mel Tucker got up in, in East Lansing? Yeah, I could see Ryan Boy, Day. <laughs> I need an extension. I could see Ryan Day on the phone, and it's funny you brought up James Franklin because I'm like, you know what? Penn State would be the school that tries to pay their coach more than Mel Mel Tucker just to ju- just to say they did, you know, because right. they're an elite right. pro- they're an elite <laughs> program too, and our coach yeah. deserves nine million dollars. This is linebacker you. Uh, look, here's the thing. Is whether or not nine, you know, ninety-five million, almost damn near a hundred million dollars, is worth it? Is irrelevant. If you think he's the guy, you gotta lock him up. That's the way this thing works. And just like remember, Matt Stafford signed, and I know we're gonna take a break. Matt Stafford signed that uh, bonkers deal, making him the highest-paid player in NFL history. Yep, I thought exactly like thirty seconds. Right, I thought that's the exact thing I was thinking about. He was the highest-paid quarterback in NFL history for 30 seconds, and then he was like middle of the road. Right, and that's exactly what will happen here. James Franklin takes a job at USC. He's making north of Mel Tucker. Ryan Dale restructure, he'll be making more than Mel Tucker. Lincoln Riley, who who has been flirting with the NFL for years, goes to goes to uh, uh, Oklahoma and says, I need a bump. And, and he gets a bump. And wherever Urban Meyer ends up, because you know he's coming back to college football soon. Oh, no doubt about it. Yeah. So I'm just saying, I understand that I, even some of my Spartan friends were like, yeah, this is what we're going to get for over $9 million a year? No way. And I'm like, dude, you could very well win 10 games this year. Like, come on. You beat your biggest rival. I understand you lost some stinkers. And, and really, you probably should have lost, ended up losing four games. But you didn't. You found a way against Nebraska. You found a way against Michigan. And you won those games. But my goodness. Yeah, you know, 
I think that it's I think it's fair to say that you got to give this guy another shot. I mean, uh, as somebody who has been on the other end of that thing, uh, that buzzsaw down in Columbus, it, it's no fun. But hopefully, you get to the other side. Well, right, and- coming up, I want. Oh, go ahead, Mike. No, go I was going to say, I, uh, what, and you remember what happened last time MSU didn't lock down an, an elite coach. Uh, we got John L. Smith, so. There you go. Look at that. How, how long was Saban here for? Like four or five years? <sighs> yeah, it seemed longer because I was a kid, but not, not, not right. long at all. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, we'll talk about Michigan coming up on the other side because for as – you know, for for every bit of what Ohio State did to Michigan State yesterday, Michigan did to Maryland. Yeah, Maryland ain't no Michigan State, but it was another impressive outing by Michigan. Everybody was getting involved, and we'll talk about it next here on Sports Right. Now back to more Sports Wrap, presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. All right, uh, Michigan State uh, knocked off Eastern last night uh, at the Brez. And so uh, we went back-to-back Michigan State yesterday, so we weren't with you. So we got to catch up on college football. Talked about Michigan State. In Michigan's case, look, this is what you want. It's what you want. It's what you've been asking for. It's what you uh, it's what you've wanted. This is it. You needed Michigan State to lose, they did. They got popped by a, a, another good Buckeye team. And y- you went to Maryland. You took care of business against the Terps. And and look, I don't, I don't think there's a, a much of a need here to break down this game against Maryland, so we're not going to do it. I'll tell you, uh, this Donovan Edwards thing. And, and look, Maryland is no uh, Alabama; they're not Ohio State, um, but th- they're they're trying to take that next step as a program, and they're trying to become bowl eligible. So they had a lot to play for. Plus, you want to play spoiler against a team like Michigan; that always feels good. Michigan was just in complete control, in, in complete control. There was at no point in that game where I was fearful that Michigan was going to lose that game. Zero. But this Donovan Edwards thing, get that man involved. Get him involved. So I don't, look, I, I printed out this stuff and I, I highlighted and did a, a ton of notes on this Michigan. I, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I, I don't want to do it anymore. He, here's what we need to talk about is after seven years of Jim Harbaugh. And and look, it's been a bit of a disappointment in terms of actual results on the field. Haven't beat Ohio State. Didn't beat Ohio State under Uncle Urban, and he haven't beat it under Uncle Ryan. And now you look at this Buckeye team. This is not... This is not the same Buckeye team that, you know, ripped Michigan for, you know, a 50-point lead the last couple of years prior to COVID. It's not that. They're not. They're not. 
And I think C.J. Stroud's a good quarterback. And they got all three of those receivers that are legit. And Michigan's corners are going to have a day. But if you take a bend-but-don't-break mentality, you got to keep those guys in front of you. You have to. And I'll tell you, here, here's really where this game's going to be won and lost for Michigan. Because I think offensively, they'll have some success. I do. I think offensively, they'll have some success. Some success. I think they're going to have to throw the football to set up the run instead of vice versa. In this game in particular. But the, the, the real story of that game, and I'm telling you right now, because we won't be together until this game happens next Sunday, or next Saturday, excuse me, at, at noon. The deal is, it's going to be Michigan's defensive line against Ohio State's offensive line. You got to keep Travion Henderson boxed up. You can't break contain. You got to keep CJ Stroud in the pocket, and you got to put pressure on. You just have to. And you got to hope guys like Dax Hill, DJ Turner, Vincent Gray, you got to hope that they're going to be able to keep them in front. And I would not be surprised to see your secondary and to see your linebacking core play a lot of zone. Wouldn't be surprised. They're going to mix it up, but I think that you're going to see your linebackers drop into coverage a lot. You'll, they'll bring some exotic blitzes. They'll, 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 they'll certainly drop those safeties into the box. But it's going to be the, the who controls the line when, off, when Ohio State has the football on offense. That's the key for this game. Michigan will be able to score. Ohio State is going to score. You have to understand that they're going to get theirs. Let me ask you a question, Chris. Um, I, I, I don't think I'm outing you as a Michigan fan on, on no. the show. No. So, you know, let's. I'm, I'm going to give you uh, permission here um, to, uh, you know, drop the uh, professional uh, objectivity and just, you know, just go full Michigan man here. What will the frustration factor with Harbaugh be if he doesn't win this game? Because I, I, I have an, uh, I have a perspective on it as a non-Michigan fan, kind of a, mm-hmm. a non-biased perspective. But I want to hear, uh, I want to hear uh, what you would say first. I, I think the fan base is it will be frustrated. Probably the height of frustration would be my guess, because I think you 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 hear the talk from the players, you hear the talk from the coaches, you, you, you hear about how they've this is the game that they focus on. They've made Ohio State a much bigger priority. They are they have been doing things all year to beat Ohio State, which is the old Bo adage. That's what mm-hmm. Bo used to do. They used to incorporate things into every practice every day that would that was only geared towards beating Ohio State. And apparently that's what they've done now uh, this year. And I think that when you look at some of the biggest games under Jim Harbaugh, they haven't gone his way. Be it 2016 at Iowa, at Kinnick, you lose to the Hawkeyes when you then, a couple of weeks later, go to Columbus it's the T.J. Barrett, did he get the first down, did he not? 
by the way, he did not get the first down, and you lose that football game. If you if you don't lose at Iowa, that game is irrelevant. It doesn't matter whether you win or lose. You're going to Indy, and so I think since your your, your last Big Ten championship in 2004, I think people they they taste it, they smell it, they want the shrimp cocktail at Elmo's. <laughs> like people are 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 setting up, uh, you know, hotels down in Indianapolis, like. This is this is it. Like this is your shot. Now you got to go do it. So do I think the fan base is going to? Is the frustration level going to be uh, the highest it's ever been? Probably. Yeah. Probably because if you look at your your only two losses this year against Ohio State, which you know again, it, while you haven't beat Ohio State, there really isn't it. You shouldn't be ashamed to lose Ohio State. They're they're just unbelievable. Well, and that you was win that, sometimes. And that but, was kind. Of, go on, sir. But then at the same time, real quick, I just want to say at the same time, you, you lose to Ohio State, and then you get you get blown out by. No, you don't get blown out by Michigan State. You lose by four points, but you blew a sixteen point lead midway through the third quarter. If those are your two losses, the frustration level is very high. Yeah, and, and I think, to me, it sounds like the frustration level is more of an overall body of work since Jim Harbaugh got to Ann Arbor than this game itself. In a, vac- in a vacuum here, as a, a, a dispassionate observer who's not a Michigan fan, uh, I, I, I think... I, you know, and especially, and I don't, I don't think people are going to be calling for Jim Harbaugh's job. I mean, some people will uh, because they always are. But I, I don't know, man. Like you said, this Ohio State team—they've got three of the best wide receivers in the country. Uh, they have Heisman <laughs> candidates at both quarterback and running back. I mean, it, it, it to to me, Michigan beating Ohio State would be a, an a unlikely miraculous upset. So yeah. I, I, I kind of feel bad for Jim Harbaugh in this situation because, yeah, if, if he would have taken care of business against them in you know the 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 past uh, what seven or eight meetings, Chris, I don't remember how many yeah. exactly. Uh, this would be seven. Yeah, if you if you would have stepped up in the bigger games in years past and uh, you know uh, beat Michigan State at least once in the past two years under Mel Tucker, you might have less pressure on you. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And that's why you got to play the games and that's why you got to win them. Like there there's nowhere to hide in college football. Right. There's and nowhere for, to hide. And for this to for to 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 play this team as sort of the straw that breaks the camel's back. Man, that's a tough position to be in. It's it yeah. No, there's no doubt about it. All right, I'll tell you, we'll take a quick break. Come back on the other side. We'll wrap this thing up. We got gridiron wrap coming up. On the other side, we'll talk to our friend and host of Gridiron Rap, Sean Belegian, uh, coming up next. Uh, always an exciting program coming up here at 7 o'clock Sundays on WJR. Uh, all right, quick break. Back for more here on WJR. Chris Renwick in. Don't go anywhere. Now back to more Sports Rap. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. The king of the grill. I'm I'm just, I'm (laughs) stunned. I just anticipated a a grilled bird at the Belegian house for Mm -hmm. for Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And and you're a traditional guy for for your bird cooking? You know what? I've done every uh, way you can do it. I've I've fried it. I've smoked it. Um, I I do like the bird. You put the bird in. I give it a little injection of the Creole butter. I, I oh. 
I, I highly recommend that to everybody. It just, yeah. if you're worried about a dry bird, uh-uh. go get some of that Creole butter. Uh, mm. I am going to, the one, the one thing I am going to have in the smokers, I'm going to have a little prime rib in the smoker. Uh, so that, that's something uh, to look forward to. And um, yeah, dude, I love it. it it's yeah. Chris, like all jokes aside, and, and I know I'll mention this to Bill Keenis later. I have been at Lions games on Thanksgiving since 1987. Now, seven of those years were with my friends. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of them, I was working. I was doing either the television show. I was doing some kind of radio show, whether it be here or or elsewhere. But I was, I'm not doing that this year. And I can't tell you how happy I am. And my kids were even like, dad, I'm just so used to you leaving at like nine o'clock in the morning on Thanksgiving. And it's like, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Good. Good for you. Are you doing all right after Saturday? You okay? Oh my gosh. You know, here's, here's the reality. Now, like all, all jokes aside, nobody expected them to go beat Ohio state. And, and no, I did not expect to what it was though. No, that's That's exactly it. I I'm not joking. I thought 45, 21, 38, 17, something like that. You know, that was uh, an obliteration. There's no other way to say that. And, you know, that's where we're at. And I'm serious when I say this, this is a good luck to Michigan, best of luck and all that stuff. I, when Ohio, yeah. they're just in a different place than everybody yeah. else in this conference. I, like Chris, I'm not joking. I don't think that we've ever seen singular domination in the Big Ten like we've seen the past yeah. decade from Ohio State. It, it's, no. it's insane. It's insane. Yeah, well. Look, I, I think Michigan has a shot. I, I, I told I told you a couple minutes ago, uh, th- this game is going to be won or lost in the trenches for Michigan, especially when Ohio State's got the ball. It's that Michigan defensive line against Ohio State's offensive line. Can they keep Henderson bottled up? Can they keep uh, C.J. Stroud in the pocket? Um, and then you just got to – I mean, look, you're going to have to play some zone. You're going to have to mix it up with man. You're going to have to bring some blitzes. But you got to keep them in front of you. You just have to. You cannot let them get behind you. I think Michigan will be able to score some points. I think they're going to have to throw the football to set up the run. Um, but but look, you're going to have to play your A game in every single facet. You're just going to have to. It's just, just the way it is. I hate to go uh, old so, bit, Chris. It'll be, it'll be interesting. I hate to go old bit. It really is a case. I'm, I'm watching them, and, and it, it looks like an SEC team playing against Big Ten teams. And, I, I mean, it, yeah. it just does. And, um, yeah. you know, it, it's – listen, is it doable? Well, it helps that you're at home. Um, you know, yeah. one thing that, that to remind people, let's see if Ryan Day is still a little ticked off about some of the stuff last year. You might remember that he allegedly said he wanted to hang a hundred on Michigan because he felt yep. that coach Harbaugh narked on him. Uh, let's see, because that's the one thing about yesterday is we were talking about off the year. They absolutely positively called off the dogs yep. and showed mercy to Michigan state. And that's, uh, but uh, Chris, listen, uh, all, all kidding aside, fantastic year by Mel Tucker. I don't have any kind of, it's not that he signed the contract yet, but I wouldn't have any buyer's remorse or anything like that. It just goes to show you how much more work needs to be done to get the Spartans back to Indianapolis, you know, as they were not that long ago. And uh, you know, Ohio state raised the roof for everybody in this, in this conference, you better take care of your shop or you're going to get run. Yeah, no, you're right about that. Uh, but we are. We're, this will be the last time we're on before Thanksgiving as well. 
you got Lions, Bears. <laughs> Heaven help us. Uh, a, a, another stellar <laughs> performance by the Lions today. Uh, what, what did you make? Well, real quick, before we get to that game on, on Thanksgiving, uh, today, down by three, two and a half to go, third and 13, 14, 12, something like that. You run it between the tackles with with Swift, goes for like two yards, and then you punt it away. You got all three timeouts. Does this team have a unit where you can like, okay, we're going to rely on the defense here to get us through this, get us the ball back? Uh, that was a really strange set of circumstances, set of calls and decisions in that game. It felt like a winnable game, but once again, slipped through the fingers. Chris, I tweeted something out. I mean, this is, this is harkening back to the days of leather helmets. I mean, it, they have 191 yards passing in the last two games and an overtime. <laughs> I mean, you can't, you can't make that up. It, it, yeah. it really is. It's like, we just found out that the forward pass is a real thing, and right. they're, try- they're trying to get used to that and everything. It's Look, we knew the season was going to be ugly. I- I'm convinced they're never going to say it, but this is this is a mail-in. They, they are yeah, going to get is. their high pick and use the Rams' high pick to redo this roster, but, um, boy, it's been ugly. No other way to say it. Coming up at 7.05, could Alabama beat this Lions team, 800-859-09. No. What do you guys got coming up? <laughs> uh, we are going to be talking about uh, some Thanksgiving Day uh, games of the past. Uh, uh, Mike Utley, it's been 30 years. It's it's incredible. And uh, Bill Keenest obviously had a front row seat for that. So all things football coming up next, Chris. Awesome. Uh, Sean Belegian, Bill Keenest coming up. Gridiron wrap right here on WJR. That's going to do it for us. Pal. Happy Thanksgiving to you. And that Creole buttered birdies. <laughs> uh, happy Thanksgiving to you. And we will see you next weekend here on Sports Wrap. No Saturday, as we'll have Michigan State on. We'll talk to you Sunday. Have a good week.